0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision.
1: My team, Power. I love the power. power, power.
0: I love the power. Power, power. G'day everyone, I'm Macca 19 and this is the Big the Footy Port Adelaide Podcast. Coming to you on Port Fan Radio. I'm here with Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm um, very good, Macca. That's
0: the am Very, way. very good. Glad what to a win, way.
1: Glad to see that I was right once again, and Port Adelaide came away with the, the chocolates.
0: They came away with lots of chocolates on the weekend. That was a great win.
1: Yes, and thank you for being patient and waiting for me. Oh, good, man. I guess, I guess you didn't really have much choice, did you? <laughs> no, not really. is <laughs> really. still on uh, sabbatical, so it's only it's only me and you. But, yeah, no, uh, no one
0: wants to hear me talk for an hour, mate, so... It's, uh, Remember, I, that's I tried
1: it last year when you had your absence.
0: Yeah,
1: I think I, I think I did twenty minutes. I went, "What the hell am I doing? This is just crazy." <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly right.
1: <laughs> Imagine being on five aa doing that nine o'clock to doing two the o'clock graveyard just, shift or something. Oh,
0: yeah. Jesus, God, shoot me now. Terrible. All right, yeah. let's uh, get into it and talk about the love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the footy on the weekend. What was your hate this week, mate?
1: What was my hate? You know, I always do these things on the fly. Mm. Um, my hate was... Um, no, I don't hate Mummy, but I dislike his thuggery and how he seems to get away with it when he plays against us. Like, And then you got Dunstall, where he's pretty much downright being close to a thug, and Dunstall's just like... Oh what a you know, what a great guy, you know, he just likes to push the boundaries. Oh, oh look, he just punched Lysa <laughs> in the face. Ha <laughs> ha you know. What a character, you know. Yeah. And it just seems to be acceptable. I Yeah. Yeah. And the umpires let him get away with it. And if you know, all they have to do is couple of call a couple of early frees and he won't do it. You know, and uh, I wish we were had that luxury with our Ruckman because I'm sure in our time we haven't had that luxury with our Rutman.
0: Oh look, he's just a big doofus mate who likes uh, massive lines, lines of coke, so Yeah, <laughs> you know, you've hey, gotta give him gotta give him a little bit of leeway, you know. He's a bit of a bit of a doofus. So yeah, he's oh, gonna, yeah, I mean, he's gonna have think... some uh, unfortunate punches in the head every now and then. But
1: Yeah, I just I just think look it's a bit of thuggery. You know, and on a and then on a lesser note it would have been the Marshall head push into the ground where, you know, I just don't, you know, I mean, they talk about protecting the head and the head is sacrosanct. And even though, look, was it going to give him concussion? No, it's just not a bloody good look for the game, right? And it just doesn't need to be done. It's, It's no different to the defender pushing the running forward, after they kick the ball in the back and they get another shot at goal, right? Um, yeah, it's just like you got any player. You're trying to you're coming out as a league. I want to protect the head. The head is sacrosanct. We're got to do all this stuff, and then a guy can aggressively push a player's head into the turf when he doesn't have the ball and he's not looking, and that's that's okay.
0: I, I mean, I just, it should have I, been a, it should have been turned over. Really, I think. It should have no. been turned it over. It wasn't it's... reportable, but it should have been turned over. But, backer I, I actually think it should
1: be reportable. Even if it's a fine in the first instance, just to set a warning to the league, it's just not acceptable, right? Mm. It's, you know, racial slurs. You know, you got that saying, oh, you know, <laughs> we're only joking around. Eventually they went, hang on, no, it's not acceptable, Right. Even though it's supposed to be jovial, it's Mm. not. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, there's no nothing intended in it. Well, yeah, there is. And who knows what every person, every individual is different physically. And you know, all hey, who knows? There could have been a stone on the ground or whatever, and bloody shit could have caused injury. I I just think it's unnecessary, and it's not a good look. And I think it should be punished. That's there you go.
0: That's my rant. That's a fair rant. Well, my hate is uh, Ebert getting himself suspended after being in pretty good form. Um, yeah, I think that incident deserved a week. No. I think um, no oh, way. I, def, absolutely, it deserved a week. He was absolutely. going for the mark. It wasn't a mark. The guy handballed the ball to Perryman, so he wouldn't have taken. He mark. was he was going.
1: He thought it was a mark. A little bit confused from post concussion. He was going hard to get the ball, and then he just braced himself when he knew he couldn't get there. Nah, it was definitely a week. I can't def- believe def- you're calling
0: week. for a game. Definitely a week. No way. Absolutely. 100% should have been a week. It's disappointed because he's such a clean player. Like, obviously, I don't think he meant to, you know, bump him maliciously in the head or anything. But, you know, it was accidental, but it was a week. And, you know, it's just disappointing because he's been in such really good form, and uh, we obviously want that form to continue. But on a, on a brighter note, you know, someone else comes in, whether that's Georgiades or whether it's Dersmer, if he's fit, um, or maybe someone new like Bergman gets a chance. We'll have to wait and see. So that's, uh, that's the silver lining in that case. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I've been pushing that we need to rotate some of these old players in and out. Um, I think it's good for prolonging their career. Mm. and it's also good for blooding our new players and giving them opportunities so for me that's the silver lining and I think I was sort of pushing last week that he did need a, a break short anyway just to give someone else an opportunity so mm-hmm. who would it as long as we just don't go for some like an old school old firm sort of player like a Cam Sutcliffe that's done his hammy anyway um, so yeah as long as we're giving it as a, someone that's earned, a, earned their spot that's that's all I hope but yeah, I think he was unlucky. I would have probably, I would have thought a fine would have been enough. But anyway,
0: how can you say that should have been a fine when you just had a rant about someone pushing their head into the ground, saying that that should be reportable because there might because have been a the stone one pushing
1: there. the one pushing their head in the ground <laughs> had nothing to do with going for the ball.
0: What if Ebert had a stone in his shorts, mate? He could have poked Perryman's eye out.
1: Perryman might have liked it, for all we know. Is that a stone in your pocket or are you just happy to see me?
0: <laughs> Ebert to, uh, was going, see- <laughs>
1: Ebert was going for the ball. Don't get sucked in by Jason Dunstall trying to rub him out the moment he he went for the ball. Oh, he took he, he was looking at the player the whole time. Bullshit, you can see his arms are out in front of him. He's running full tilt oh. trying to catch the ball <laughs> and then at the last minute when he knew he wasn't going to get there. He braced for impact. I mean, you've got to... That's self-preservation. We all do it, right? Yeah. I mean, whole, Perryman should, be,
0: should have been reported, really.
1: He should have been for getting in his way. I mean, exactly it's just outrageous. Right. <laughs> but the other
0: incidents with CORE,
1: there was no ball. It was completely off the ball. There was nothing... It was unnecessary. It just wasn't needed. It was a completely involuntary act outside the play of football. It had nothing to do... Yeah, you know, wasn't even a, a. It's not even a really a sporting incident. It's thuggery, like with Shane Mumford. Fair enough. Come on, Macker. On the
0: uh, on the Spreaker chat, Sid has had a few words to say. He said that um, he's called you fisting Karen, and that you've brought your own uh, soapbox. And he said that, essentially that if if Core should have been suspended for that, then Ebert should be on a predatory list after what oh, he did. Get out of it. <laughs>
1: Get yeah, out. You
0: guys are fucking idiots. You don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> the pair
1: of you. Just outrageous. Support oh, the players, man. That's man. great. That's great. What's your love this week, after all that? <laughs> well, I'm gonna love I'm gonna host throw <laughs> loving at the guy that you abandoned, rejected, neglected, and just wanted out, Kane Farrell.
0: Kane what a, Farrell, what a gun.
1: You know, you you just threw him away, Mecca. You wanted him gone last week. You thought he was pathetic, didn't get enough ball, living off the reputation of a ball user, and that's it. And I said, no, we need to keep him in the side. Got to persist with this kid. And look what happened.
0: He was Superstar. a gun. He was not gun. Well, and he,
1: but he's just breakout game. Well, I reckon we likened him early in the season to like a young Jared Schofield didn't we so he just he just gli he's got that gliding sort of motion um, he is an amazing ball user that everyone seems to be banging on about now they're getting on the bandwagon a bit late aren't they but you know he uses the ball well uh, but he just had comf- confidence in running to the right spots this week didn't he and he, he, he really mm-hmm. matched up with the link up play and you know it was a, you could say that was the match winning goal under under pressure in the fourth quarter
0: Oh for sure. I think he had a huge impact. That was obviously his breakout game. He had a great game. Uh, We've wanted him to get more of the ball. He did that. He's now proved that he can do that at AFL level. So that's his new standard. Simple as that. No more four possession, six possession games. He needs to get that, you know, 15 plus a week now. Uh, Because if he's getting the ball 15 times, then, you know, that's only a good thing for Port Adelaide and our chances of winning, I think, because he is such a good user of the ball.
1: So what happens when uh, Dersman comes back in the
0: side? Well, I think Motlop's spot is probably under a bit of jeopardy. I think. Look, Dusma might come in for Ebert this week, uh, which would make it uh, pretty obvious, I think. But um, long term, I think Motlop's spot needs to come under question because look, outside of the showdown, he hasn't really done anything since. That's nah. uh, Worthy of staying in the side, I don't think.
1: I mean, I didn't think Motlop was bad, you know, but he he did some good things. But yeah, he's just not. Influencing the play enough is he? So yeah, probably a fair call. Yeah, We've but then what more. does that mean? What, what does that mean for Kane though? Like, is he gonna, is he gonna get a little bit lost back in the half forward line?
0: You know, uh, I don't think so. I think there's a spot on a wing for him. I think Dzemail will end up long term inside the midfield a little bit more as opposed to a wingman. Mm. Um, I think, uh, but look, you know, Kane Farrell can still do a job on a flank. Um, and there's no reason that, you know, he should only be getting four touches on a flank. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just a work rate issue, not a positional issue. I think. Mm. Uh, we've had some more interesting uh, discussions on the speaker chat. JB said he loves that last quarter. Who would have thought we would come out and win that when it looked like we were out on our feet and GWS looked like they were uh, going to win. Like yeah, them, cutting us to shreds. And Sita said, "I'm pretty sure Macca backed Kane Farrell in on draft night, which I did. I was very, very happy that we. Put How many in. years ago was that, mate? 2017. Thank you very much. We're, and uh, we're talking. It feels about about like last, yesterday.
1: We're talking about last Thursday when he was saying he
0: should be out. Yes, yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, my love, this week. Is the midfield? It has to be the midfield this week because we were very critical of them last week, and they did the job against uh, a better midfield. Um, a rocky, a rocky less midfield. You know the balance, the feng shui of the midfield was back in balance, and uh, and it showed. You know they were they were fantastic. You know all the players that we criticised basically played a great game. You know Lyson mm. was fantastic one of his best games for Port Adelaide I thought Wines when it mattered was really good Bokes last quarter was heroic um, Houston you know, Houston was really good Pau Pepper just about his best game um, yeah you know they all played really really well and they did what we needed them to do which was win the hardball um, you know get it forward more and uh, not let GWS bully us around the packs and uh, we were the ones doing the bullying this week so that was brilliant and Robbie running through the
1: midfield was quite influential as well.
0: He did. He had a few good moments for sure.
1: Which we called. We <clears throat> yes. called it. Of course. Of course we would call yeah, it. Yeah, I do I do want to say, though, I do think Yeah, we're, Rocky's been a little bit maligned. We were, we actually thought that at the start of the season, actually his performance was pretty good. And I, I don't know if it was the... I think it might have been the showdown, Mecca, where he hurt his hand, one of his fingers in his hand. Mm. Um and since then he had to he's been wearing a glove so I do wonder if his performance has been a bit down because he's carrying a hand injury and maybe they tried to run him with it and obviously it wasn't working so mm. they've dropped him instead.
0: I don't know I just think his last couple of games were poor that's all like that's all it comes down to um he just wasn't doing enough and for someone that was you know in the center stoppages so much, and wasn't winning any, you know, you've got to change the balance of the side a little bit. Yes, you do. All right, let's get on to the review. Port played GWS at the new Portress. I'm calling it the Metricon Stadium Mm. Is the new Portress on Sunday, and came away with an excellent 17-point victory, nine goals, nine to six goals, ten. There were no multiple goal scorers for Port this week. Mate, uh, what happened out there?
1: Wasn't it the Portricon?
0: The Portricon, I like it. And
1: that could work. The game was dour, maca. It was. It was a. We and you called that. You called, you thought it was going to be a dour game. It was a dour dour game. It was an arm wrestle. And it was pretty scrappy, and unfortunately, and what we spoke about in the preview show was right. GWS play a ship brand of football, and that's why they're not going to win a premiership. And they try to bring the opposition down, and. Um, well, we, uh, I thought we had the better of the first half. Probably didn't maximise our opportunities. We didn't burn them as badly as um, as we did against uh, Brisbane. But um, yeah, we just we just didn't really make an effect on the scoreboard as well as what we should have. Um, but you could see that there was a different presence from the team overall from the previous week, as you mentioned. The midfield performed. Much more functionally, um, Lyset wasn't getting a lot of the ball, which is probably a good thing because he's a horrendous ball user at the moment. But mm-hmm. his hit-outs to advantage and his ruck work against Mumford was fantastic. And again, we sort of we spoke about that last Thursday, where you know due to the age difference, but the size Mumford versus Lyset was probably a perfect match up for Lyset really, and um, and he was able to exert his influence there and he was smart in the fact that he didn't get sucked in by the shit that Mumford was trying to pull him into. You know, you you could, you could see, and I mean, the commentators called it. You know, he'll retaliate and give away a free kick, but he didn't. He just yeah. got on with the job. And if anything, he did he did the sneaky knee into the rib cage, the fu, and like leave it alone, buddy. And uh, yeah, so he tried to hurt Mumford back. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, but it was dour. It was a slog. That third quarter was disastrously shit house. We're probably lucky that GWS maybe didn't hurt us um, a little bit more. Um, We sort of lost our, our run and carry. Uh, We were sort of held by Jonas defensively Um, and Tom Cleary. We've been bagging him, but he played a lot stronger at fullback. You know, he he was was closer to his, was closer to his man. Wasn't trailing in behind the draft, smelling the farts. Um, you know, he was actually getting up close and, and actually impacting the ball which was great the whole defensive unit you know really held up in that third quarter when there was a bit more of an avalanche and and i guess it came down to the last where you know they kicked the first goal went in front um previous port Adelaide sides may have crumbled um or would have crumbled in that situation and you know maybe had an honorable defeat or or just got blown away in the last but But these boys were resilient, and Mm. um, they actually found another gear, uh, which they've shown in all the games they've played this year so far, except for one. And, um, yeah, they were able to find space. I don't know if GWS sort of tied out a little bit and they weren't able to push their numbers back. Um, It's hard to see. I mean, I I read some comments from people live that were saying that GWS flooded the shit out of that game, um, which would explain... You know, Charlie's struggling to get space and marks when he wasn't being spoiled by Westhoff. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, we found that space in the last. We used the ball a bit better, created that overlap run, which we'd been doing throughout the whole season. And and surprisingly and refreshingly, surprisingly, we got away with the
0: win, Yeah, which I was very happy to see. Indeed, it was a slog, no doubt. But uh, that last quarter was something pretty special, I thought. Um, yep. How were you feeling at three-quarter time? Were you confident? I thought that uh, the goal on the siren to Charlie was uh, was important for the uh, you know for the players going into three-quarter time to give them a bit of motivation. But uh, how were you feeling at three-quarter time?
1: Look, I thought I thought we were in it. Um, I wasn't going to say I was overly confident, but. We were still in it with the charts, and I think you're right. I think that goal at least gave us some positive momentum, and it was a great mark by Charlie. I thought he yes. had a bit of a low-key game on the weekend. You know, the hands were a bit more like cement bricks, and, um, you yeah, know, because he had a couple of marking opportunities. And I mean, look, it's not as easy as what we think. We just watch on TV, they get their hands on the ball and we think, oh, they should mark it, right? But, um, you know, in real life, it's a little bit more difficult than that. But he didn't have the soft hands that he had in the first four games. But, um, but you know, and I think but what was noticeable in the last was we started kicking it to him on the lead. Instead, yeah. You know, in the first three quarters, we're doing that old shit of bombing it on the head, uh, making it easy for the defenders, but... Then we started making the forwards lead, and uh, it's amazing what happens when you do that. Indeed, indeed. Well, what did you think about the the West off sort of interfering a lot of the a lot of the uh, four inside fifty contests?
0: Look, I thought, um, what for Port you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't just him. I thought um, one of the most frustrating parts of the game was that um, we had you know two or three people flying for the same ball. Over and over again. And it was just like watching us play last year and the year before. And, you know, people just need to get out of each other's way. Like, simple as that. You know, if Marshall's in good position, Dixon needs to hang back. If Dixon's in good position, Marshall shouldn't be, you know, jumping in front of him and spoiling him. Or Butters or, or Westhoff or, you know, it, it wasn't just one or two players, it was about three or four. So, you know, that, they've really got to sort that out. I thought we reverted back to the sort of vomit long onto the head of the forwards again through that sort of second and third quarter, um, which wasn't great football. And I think that's where those sorts of issues came in. Everyone's trying to take a big contested mark, but sometimes you just need someone to hang back. Yep. But look, Westie played a, a really good game in the second half. I thought once he moved down back, uh, I thought he really impacted the play, especially through that last uh, last sort of 40 quarter. minutes or so. Yeah, well, it
1: just it just aided us with a bit of extra height too, didn't it? But yeah. um, I mean, the interesting. What about the interesting matchup of McKenzie on Cameron?
0: Yeah, I thought uh, Cameron probably had the better of that matchup, but well, I thought our key defensive trio did a pretty good job on the weekend, to be honest. Mm. As you see, Cleary, I thought um, played a hell of a lot better than what he has been. Took a couple of nice marks. Um, you know, he got his fist in there Which is uh, which was better He was playing a bit closer And look, Finlayson didn't really have a, a great game um, Himmelberg really did nothing at all I thought Jonas was uh, excellent And he spent a lot of time on Toby Green as well And I thought he played pretty well on him Which is a pretty different matchup for Jonas Than what he's played in recent years mm. um, So yeah, I, I thought um, the key defensive guys Did a great job yeah, and they had or to. even Hamish. I thought
1: Hamish had a great game again. He's having yep. a he's having a bit of a cracker of a season, isn't he, Hamish?
0: He is. He's having a, a very, very good season, a very consistent season, which is something that we haven't really been able to say for the last sort of four or five years. Because mm. he's been someone that's uh, you know either best on ground or you know not really doing much, but uh, you know he's probably been in our top sort of five or six players each week so far this season, which is great. It's so what we want so, to see.
1: With all the um, the tall forwards going up for the Speckies, and we're, every week we're sort of missing Jacob Surgeon, were you missing Sam Gray this week? Did you think there was a bit of nostalgia there where would have been Sammy going up, spoiling the tall forwards?
0: Uh, look, I don't think I'll ever miss Sam Gray, ever. <laughs> Even if he wins a Brownlow and a Norm Smith for Sydney, which definitely won't happen, but look, if we're in dreamland and that happens, I still won't miss him. <laughs> to be honest. Sorry, Sam, but uh, it's the truth. I thought I thought
1: Carl Amon on the other wing had a great game as well.
0: Carl is just, uh, you know, he's having a great season as well. And it, like Hammer, he's just super consistent. Hasn't played a bad game this year. Um, and just the turnaround for him in the last couple of seasons, you know, for someone that everyone wanted delisted or traded to, now he's... One of our key movers of the footy Really makes a mistake He takes the game on uh, Which is what I really like to see from him He's not afraid to sort of um, Go on a bit of a run Even if someone's on his hammer And he still delivers the ball like, He's just turned into a really important player for us and I thought he was great on the weekend as well Kicked a really nice goal too
1: Well lucky he didn't uh, get shipped off to uh, St Cure
0: Absolutely We would have rued that one, I think. They would have got Um, a bargain. They would have got an absolute bargain with him, for sure. Very, very happy that he chose to stay. Our um, restricted
1: agent signings aren't looking that successful at the moment, though, are they? Uh,
0: Probably not. Probably not. Still want to see what's in the side at some point, to see what he can do.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's looking a bit grim. But... uh, anyway they gave a go it didn't really cost us much did it maybe no. some salary cap so no. but
0: uh, that's right look you mentioned Lissett before and I, I just want to make note of his game again like he had eight clearances you know whilst Mumford was trying to knock his block off and put him off his game Scotty was just concentrating on winning the bowl and getting it to Port Adelaide people and that's what he did and that's Pretty much why we won the game it was because yep. you know I don't think he was best on ground, but he was certainly the MVP uh, for this week.
1: Well, he gave our midfielders an opportunity to see the ball, you know. And uh, what's the turnaround with Sam Powell Pepper this this week? Like, you know, I mean, a few people actually wanted him drop. If not this game, the game before, mm. uh, I thought Sam's been serviceable this year. I mean, I know he hasn't had a lot of the ball, but He had a blistering game this week. What do you think turned it around for Sam? I'm
0: not sure. I think just concentrating on getting the ball. Like, he's been very defensive so far. And we know he's had an okay season. And um, some of his little cameos have been really, really nice. And, you know, we've seen him sort of go in full bore and win the footy and dish it out and that sort of thing. But we haven't seen him win a lot of the footy. So I think it was just him concentrating on the football this week. And GWS sort of allowed that to happen.
1: Yeah. And Rosie, is he going to be needing a spell soon?
0: I don't think he needs a spell. I think like it's clear he's in a bit of a rut at the moment because it's not just the fact he's down on his disposals. It's the fact that he's, um, you know, his decision-making his decision is noticeably a lot poorer. Like he's just making well, he's bad, two... bad choices, turning it over. Almost every time it... he's getting it, he's turning it over at the moment he take two is games in thing. a
1: row where he's tried kicking it a, a a you know sort of across Sideways. the ground yeah and, it's and been sort of shake sort of hit the side of his foot and just pretty much picked out the opposition player like yeah you know, it's it's just like last year it was like everything he touched was perfect so i don't know if his second year blues with his legs like his legs are just a little bit heavy hmm. um you know or is he still a bit blurry from that massive head knock a couple of weeks ago um but yeah, he's definitely down. Like He definitely looks like he's suffering a bit of second-year blues. So, you know, he's a slender fight, and he doesn't seem to have that. Remember last year, you just saw that there was passages of play with him where he had that blistering pace, you know, where yeah. I was like, man, this guy's like lightning. Um, just not seeing that at the moment from him, I just, yeah, he just looks like maybe he's got heavy legs at this point in time.
0: I think it it might be weighing on his mind a little bit. Like, once you make a few mistakes in a row and it keeps happening, and then, you know, you you sort of start to second guess yourself a little bit, and then the next week, you know, your first couple of kicks are turnovers as well, and then it weighs on your mind again. And, like, he's just not able to get into the game at the moment. But I think this is actually a good thing for him. Like, it it shows that, you know, you still have to work hard. You know, not everything comes easy. And I'm sure he'll come out of this little. uh, this little valley, a much better player.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see what Isaac Rankin can do for us this week. Oh, wait. thats uh, He's not our player yet, is he?
0: Maybe next year, mate. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be good. That would be very good. Dan Houston, how did you see his game, mate? Because I thought he was brilliant. Well, I'm a
1: big fan of Dan. I, you know, I was pushing for him uh, to go back. Um, but he stood up in the midfield this week um, I don't know if it was because Rocky wasn't there, um but something was different, but he was just in the right spots at the right time, got the ball used the ball well. I thought his uh, i I think I may have confused him a few times with uh Burton like from the longer camera angles, but I thought his tackling pressure around the contest was great, and so was Burton's for that matter. Um, yeah, you know, and so he was working defensively as well as offensively. Offensively, but used the ball well. I uh, yeah, I was a big rat for his game. I, you know, I thought if he wasn't best on ground, he would have been close to it.
0: Yeah, he was very, very good and very smooth with the ball. We know that's uh, what he's in the team for. He's just such a great user of the footy, and it was good to see him move back into the midfield where he kind of struggled a little bit the first few games and you know he went back to halfback the last couple of weeks did a really good job there and came back into the midfield this week and was was wonderful i thought so that'll do his confidence a world of good
1: yeah absolutely and hopefully it will give his midfield confidence you know because he's a great player he's never going to get dropped unless he does something deplorably bad and you know he was back to reasonable form in the Defensive lines. Maybe that's all he needed. Maybe he Maybe just need to get comfortable again in his with his place and location in the side. Get get a bit of ball, and then it's just given him a bit of confidence to go back in the midfield. I don't know, but um, yeah, he just uses this ball so well. And we've got some. I mean, that's a, the noticeable port thing now, isn't it? We've got some really really nice ball users. Whether it's Hamish, Mackenzie, um, uh, Farrell, Amon. You know, even Travis has lifted his standard of ball use. Yeah. Um you know, I thought even Sam Powell Peppers' ball use was reasonable on the weekend. I know people get critical of it at time, times. So, Rosie's another one. Butters doesn't burn the ball. I don't think Ber- Dersmer, when he's playing, burns the ball too much. So, I think our, our ball use skills is a lot better than what it's been in previous seasons.
0: Yeah, we're bringing in a lot more better kicks into the side and they're getting more of the football, which is what we want.
1: Yeah. But I tell you GWS just play a shit brand of footy, don't they? Yeah,
0: they they're not great. I think they're last in inside 50, so they really try and you know, it's almost like Ross Line footy from, you know, 10 years ago, which uh, which is never good. But I mean,
1: watch. they've got such a they've got such a great side. Like why would you waste it? Yeah. It's well, like buying a Ferrari but choosing to just drive it around in first gear everywhere. It's like Yeah. You know, what are you worried about? Are you worried about getting speeding fines, or you worry, in football terms, you worry about kicking too many goals or something, it's, like, just unleash the demon, man, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, but, look, they got a lot of players down on form, so, you know, I'm sure they'll bounce back at some point. Look, we all know the real reason why we won this game. You know why, Rick. Yeah, why is that, Macca? The 20-minute cameo of uh, Cam Sutcliffe, mate, was absolute gold.
1: (laughs) Was it 20 minutes?
0: Oh, maybe fifteen. I don't know. But...
1: I actually thought Toby Thurston's came out of retirement for a minute. I
0: thought it was I, was... Ma- I thought it was Matty Loken. I thought <laughs> I thought oh he's already on the bench anyway. Um, you know, Suckley's obviously done a bit of a hammy in the warm up, and they've you know thrown the Guernsey to Loken. and thought uh, <laughs> you know just chuck it on, mate. No one will know the difference.
1: Yeah, I, I was trying to work out who this ball guy was in the beginning, and. Karma and fate has funny ways of exposing itself, doesn't it? The old clutch of the hammy. Mm. And uh, he was cooked. And, I mean, we don't wish any of our players ill and injury, but uh, I think there's a few supporters that will be uh, happy that he might not be able to stay inside for a few weeks now anyway. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It was a weird selection for me in the first place anyway.
0: Well, I thought he actually played quite well when he was on the park. I thought he was doing his job. You know, he was getting in the way defensively, he was really good. He was using the ball really well coming out of the back line. And, you know, I was I was pretty happy with how he was playing. And, well they uh, had him on
1: Cameron for a bit too, right?
0: Yeah. He was doing, when he came he was up doing all right. Ground. He was doing all right. Which is what we want. Mm. We wanted him to come into the side and, you know, be useful. So and he was he was that. So but look, it obviously gives um, someone with a bit more talent, someone a bit younger, a chance to come into the side now and make an impact.
1: So do you think it might be our draftee from last draft? Bergman? Maybe. Yeah,
0: Maybe. I mean, look, there's obviously a few players to come back in. Um, was
1: Derzman close? would So is he back this week?
0: I don't know. They said it was a three-weeker, and it was about three weeks ago now, so... I don't know. I guess we we'll have to wait and see what the what the vibe is. Well, he on wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have
1: travelled this week, would he? He would have stayed back here. Yeah, he would have stayed here. Yeah. So he, I guess, he doesn't have the issue of travelling with the hamstring. Yeah. So uh,
0: hopefully, maybe they uh, might they might wait one more week and then he can sort of come back into the side at our home game. Yeah, makes sense.
1: Mm. So we're going to have to have at least two replacements, though, aren't we? So. Yeah. So we probably need a, a half forward and a uh, a utility. So what, Williams and Bergman?
0: Maybe. That'd be good. A couple of youngsters, bring them in. See yeah. what they can do. Absolutely. All right. What about Robbie Gray? I thought Robbie was handy.
1: I definitely I like him a his bit His goal more, was goal the goal of
0: the day. Probably the goal of the round, really. I thought that was uh, that was a wonderful team goal. There the great 1-2-3. A- yeah, a bit of party action going on and then a, a great snap to finish it off.
1: Well, and it was a clever handball that started all that by Farrell.
0: Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? I do. I do. The you, the underground
1: the, handball. Well, the tunnel ball. I got nutmegged yeah. in basketball last night. How embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, hey? That's not
0: good, mate. That's not good.
1: <laughs> so the old tunnel ball. gets It mm. gets the best of us at times, but it was a great great one two three passage of play and, and Robbie under... Under duress, uh, kicked the goal—a very classy goal. So yeah. sometimes he's better when he doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. Yes. So, but I mean, he's a great player, and uh, like we were—I was pushing for him in the pre-game to uh, get more midfield time, and I, I think he really just added a bit of extra um, stability in the midfield for us this week as well.
0: Mm. All right. Let's move on to some questions from Big Footy to finish off. Uh, Strath39 has asked, can we play two rucks in shortened quarters, especially when Laddams and Lysa are not natural forwards?
1: Well, I don't. I like that idea of trialing Laddams as also a potential key defensive player because he's quite nimble and mobile.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, we've spoken about whether we do or, or don't have two rucks in the side. And, look, I'm actually for it to some extent. I think Laddams can play as a forward. I think Lycett obviously played a bit forward for West Coast as well. So they can do that role. Whether it's worthwhile having them in the side when there's Charlie Dixon and Todd Marshall there, I'm not too sure. Uh, But if Westhoff moves back and uh, for a bit of extra height to cover down there, it might just uh, open up the spot for someone like Aladdin to come in and play it full forward and then chop out in the ruck. Correct. Uh, has Hartlett had a better career than Stephen Salapak? Kind of similar players, both meant to be promising. Great kicks, always injured.
1: Oh, I think uh, I think Hartlett's probably been better over the career than Stephen. He's um, he's been a little bit more durable, even though they've both been injury prone. I'm sure he's he'll rack up more games than Salapak. And yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I think uh, Salapak was cruel by injuries a bit more than what Hartlett's been
0: See I was disappointing in the end um, I was a big fan of him when he got drafted I, was a, look, I liked him when he was in our team but look, in retrospect you know the way his career panned out really was disappointing not yeah. through much of his own fault um, like he, he dislocated his shoulder coming into the season in his first year dislocated it again that season um, you know he came to the club as a bit of a inside midfield beast as a junior and we really didn't get to see any of that at all at AFL football. Yes. Um, yeah we he was ended up six. sort of was
1: he pick six?
0: Yeah, pick six. Yeah. We yeah. ended up sort of playing him on a forward flank and then he was on a back flank and just sort of played this sort of outside link role. Which he was decent at. Like he was a good kick of the footy, but overall yeah, his, his career didn't certainly didn't pan out as many of us. He would was have co- he was
1: courageous.
0: He was certainly courageous. Yeah, But look, he he played his last game. He was only twenty six years old. So um, yeah, he was still pretty young. I think Hartletts had definitely had the better career though. Yes. Uh, good uh, good comparison though, but yeah, I'd I'd certainly pick Hartlett. I think his his best has been better than what Salipex best was. It's got better sure. tats too. Attacks, yeah. Uh, us against the rest is us. We're two for Bonner. I always thought he's better suited to a wing or half forward. What are your thoughts?
1: Not half forward. Oh, excuse me, i will be working hard. Apologies. Um, not half forward. I don't think. Um, you can. I can see the allure of the wing with the. You know, he, you know, he's got a bit of a run and carry on him and stuff. But well, I think he's just going to be one of those fringe players. Uh, I. He either needs to elevate his game or he's going to, um, like Darcy Byrne-Jones did, or he's just going to be in and out until someone else is more consistent and keeps him out.
0: Yeah. Well, I think as a, I think tw- he needs a bit more 23rd, hardness. 24th player, I think he's pretty valuable. Um, I do like him in the side because I like his leg. I like the fact that he takes the game on. Defensively, he's obviously not very good. Uh, we know that. Um, teams are going to try and exploit that when he's in the side. Look, I, I've been calling for him to be across half forward for two years. I'd like to see what he could do there because every time he sort of sneaks forward, he kicks goals. Simple as that. Mm. Um, and that way he's sort of running towards the ball instead of trying to follow an opponent or uh, out-muscle an opponent sort of thing. So that, that might suit him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, AFL2004 has asked how have GWS not drafted an elite ruck talent in the draft because it's their biggest weakness
1: uh, the fact is I don't really give a shit because it's GWS
0: <laughs> fair call fair call well I think um, yeah they just haven't they've they've taken the Sydney route of trying to bring in ready made uh, rucks you know they did it with Interestingly, kind of near the end of their career as well. You know, they brought in Brogan for a couple of years. They brought in Mumford originally, then he got dropped, and then he got redrafted again. Uh, they've obviously brought in Sam Jacobs, who's in the twilight of his career. But you know, Sydney did something kind of similar. They brought Jason Bolle across. They brought Darren Jolly across. They obviously got Mumford across from um, Geelong originally as well. And that's Sinclair. Been Sinclair as well. Yep. Yeah. So that's been successful for them um and we know that uh look if you look at um you know the leading hitouts from last year there's not many young ruckman in there why well, they've all been in the system pretty much since GWS came into the league so you know we know that uh, the quality of ruckman hasn't really been there in a draft sense over the last sort of four or five years um, so they haven't really had the opportunity to bring in an elite young Ruck, because
1: there hasn't really been one. I think it's coaching philosophy, isn't it? You've got some clubs that try to draft and recruit and develop Ruckman, believing they're quite influential, and then you've got other coaches that just think they can recycle and regurgitate, and it's not as important. So, you know, like as we've said in the past, I always think of Port Adelaide finding a extreme importance on having a key Rutman and an influential Rutman, and history's shown when we haven't had one um, our teams have suffered for it so yeah. Um, but yeah anyway I think we're in a good position I, I'll be interested to see if Lysett can last his five years with holding out Laddams and Hayes mm. I think he might struggle um, because I do I think his disposal is pretty average and uh, he's a battler you know I don't think he's I don't think he's a, a great ruckman, but he's a battler and a big bodied sort of player. But yeah, I think uh, Hayes and Laddams might have a little bit more natural athletic ability over him in the next year or two.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Interstater has asked, how will we counter Carlton's three tall forwards? Obviously, they've got Mackay, who's two hundred and four centimeters, Casbolt two hundred and one. And McGovern, who's 191 centimetres.
1: I'm more concerned about Carlton's um, three spare players that are on the ground more than anything.
0: <laughs> I'm more concerned about Eddie Betts than, uh, than the three Tolls. <laughs> but obviously, you know, if, uh, if Cleary can play as he did this week, um, you know, if Westhoff can go back down there and do a job Mackenzie can continue his form. Jones continue his form. Then there's no reason why we can't win that game and shut out their tall forward trio as well. Correct. Mm. Uh, Vxv has asked: Is there room for Linet or Linet or Mays to come in this week? No. And uh, maybe have Houston in the Ebert role. No. Yeah, I'd I'd be leaving Houston in the midfield. Maybe Mays to come in. I think he's pretty close. Um, I would have had him in this week, just gone. But, uh, you know, he might come in for the Sutcliffe role, maybe.
1: I'll just put it out there. I'm not a big fan of Lycett. Of only I think the only thing I've seen lean where it. he's... Lean it, sorry. Yeah. Um, he's shown glimpses on a wing where he was sort of a wingman for Sturt, right? But I think as a as a defender, I don't think he's a very good defender. So
0: yeah, look, he's in the Bonner boat in that regard. I think he's a little bit better one-on-one than what Bonner is. Um, I think he's a he's a really nice kick, but some kind sometimes can be a bit of a lazy kick. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I look at him; he's really in the side to be a defender, and I just don't I don't think he's a great one-on-one defender. Yeah. And he's a uh, he plays as a small one ninety five centimeter player.
0: He does, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Incarnate has asked uh, uh, this about Kane Farrell. Um, although that game was an anomaly in his very short career, does a performance like that vindicate and add sweetness to the salty draft experts that ridiculed your enthusiasm when we selected him, Macca? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Sweet, was salty tried. goodness. <laughs> Look, I knew, he had any, I knew he was a great kick when we drafted him. I was very, very excited about that because, as I said at the time, we needed to bring in more elite kicks into the club because we were the worst team at that stage in the league with uh, retaining possession and kicking efficiency. So we absolutely had to pick someone like that. I'm very happy he had a great game on the weekend. And are we the, the zone-busting team now? Uh, look, we've got a lot of good long kicks in the side, don't we? So we, we could be. We should be. Especially when Dersman comes back in. Yes. Hmm. Uh, How good was uh, Sam Power Pepper? I almost called him Sean then. How good was Sean Power Pepper? Uh, Yeah. To all the naysayers, the man has not only PAFC grunt running through his veins, his choice of haircut is impeccable. That beautiful, shiny, bold bonce. The Nugget. I've
1: always been a fan of Sam. He made a couple of wrong off-field choices, which he got chastised probably more than what he needed to. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to go. He's going in Melbourne, but I'd imagine he's not copping the same amount of heat that Sam Pepper did for some alleged nightclub incident that couldn't be proven. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I still feel bad for him there. I, I think he that rocked that's, him for a that's while long
0: that's,
1: it's long gone it's long then. gone yeah. and he's uh you know but he's his head's in the game and I'm glad the rumors of us trying to offload him didn't happen mm. and that's why the boards shouldn't be involved in on-field discussions yes
0: i got a question from James Murray which was uh your favorite port adelaide left footers mate
1: michael wilson
0: Michael Wilson good one that's a good one. he wanted a top 10 I didn't do a top 10 I've, I've done a top 3 who are my 3 obvious ones and that's Roger Delaney who's who I think is the best kicker of a, of a footballer I've ever seen play he level. is a good kick yes he was absolutely incredible on that ele- left, he was an that elegant kick boot. too very elegant footballer was uh, Roger the Dodger um, sexy man lots of boldness there and uh that left boot. Still dream about it, mate. Every now and then, it was great. <laughs> he was a great player at fullback, and you uh, know he just never wasted a disposal. Brilliant kick of the footy, um, Stewie Jew for just power and uh, accuracy uh, from anywhere. Really, like oh, he could hoof it as far as the eye could see, just about. So
1: you you forgive his kick out causing the draw, then?
0: Oh, he obviously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like that was in his, what, third game or something? They should blemish Big his deal. whole career. Yeah. And because he was my first uh, footy hero, Greg Anderson. Ando. Big Ando. I
1: always thought he was a bit of a the Tony McGuinness of Port Adelaide.
0: In what regard? Oh, well, just like... You mean a McGarry just... medal winner and premiership player and... No, no,
1: nah, nah, just like, just long, just bombed it long all the time. He did, he did.
0: I don't think he was the most elegant kick, um, but he was a great player for Port, and uh, as I say, he was my first footy hero, so had to had to include him. Yeah. Uh, long live PFC! has asked how often has Boak kicked Port's first goal of a game slash season. I well, have I no idea. I don't expect you to know that, but look, I went and did the stats and. Went to the start of 2016, and then I gave up. Uh, he did it. He's done it nine times since the start of 2016. Get out of town. Which is quite a lot. It seems quite a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean,
1: I guess what are the odds of the first goal kicker? Now that
0: that's not necessarily first goal of the game. That's just Port's first goal.
1: Yeah. Well, first goal. So, some of those Port. came
0: when we were like six goals down already. Yeah, but. I guess, look at
1: the odds of Port Adelaide's first goal kicker. He's doing it, he's done it, what, over two times a season? Yeah. Could be some money to be made
0: there, peeps. Yeah. It's a good average, for sure. It is. Uh, Can Macca give a quick draft thoughts update? Yes. Yes, I can. Um, Just not tonight. (laughs) It'll be quick, mate. Uh, I think it's very hard to judge given the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. Obviously, with Victoria not playing, and it's very doubtful that their kids are going to play any football at all this year, which is is very disappointing. Um, Maybe the WA kids will play as well. Uh, So it's very hard to judge going off bottom age years. Uh, My general feeling is this was looking like a below average to average draft pool anyway. Um, at this stage, I still feel like it was the right decision to trade out of the first round of this draft. Uh, my favourite non-SA guys, Elijah Hollands. Even though he's done his knee, I think he may slide a little, but I uh, really love the way he plays. Uh, Jamara eugle you know, believe the hype. He really looks to be something special and should go uh, the number one pick. Uh, obviously, he's linked to the Dogs. Uh, What's the matter to us? Will Phillips we, should, be we the get? First, should be the first live pick. Pick 18, maybe. He's a very classy midfielder. Denver Granger-Barras, if we move into the first round, he's someone that we should look at. Looked fantastic as a bottom major last year as a key defender. Nathan O'Driscoll, very good inside mid, great size. I really like Eddie Ford as well. as a bit of an explosive half-forward that can move into the midfield too. Uh, South Australian Lockie Jones, obviously he's one of our um, academy guys. You know He's played some really impressive footy at league level for the Eagles at the moment. Uh, we'll definitely be picking him. Tarsh Schofield has played at under-18 levels so far this year. Uh, bit of an ordinary first game, but he's really picked it up the last couple since then. Riley uh, Tilthorpe, um, you know, he's a, another potential number one pick. He's 200 centimetres, plays for West Adelaide, doing some really nice things for their league side. Luke Edwards, who's a crow-linked player that May not pick the Crows, hopefully. Um, he's just such a smooth mover. I really like the way that he plays. Uh, Caleb Poulter for the Eagles, who's um, who's been really, really impressive. He's 190cm inside mid. Um, he's starting to get a lot of good press, and, uh, and I think he looks the goods. A very, very smart footballer. And a few smokies from what I've seen so far. Phoenix Spicer is a very raw Aboriginal player. Lightning quick, plays for South Adelaide. Makes some mistakes, tries to do too much, but he's very, very exciting. Um, Liam Nye is a classy forward flanker from South Adelaide with good skills, great decision making, and seems a real team player as well. And uh, another, the last one is Jack Saunders. He's a bit of an outside mid, bit of a flanker, really clever footballer. One grab, really good around the packs, uh, clever user of the ball, makes really good decisions, and uh, seems to have quite a few tricks as well. Who asked that question? Long live PFC! Look, here's one for you, Rick. Should GST be, be broadened to include financial services?
1: It should include everything. We should increase GST, decrease other taxes, and just have GST on everything. There you yeah. go.
0: Fair enough. Um, no what... fucking
1: exemption for raw chicken and milk and... Tampons and all that sort of stuff Just bloody Just GST everything. on everything Increase it to 15% whatever And um, If you spend you pay
0: Fair enough
1: I like And that. decrease some of the
0: other taxes
1: Stamp duty All that sort of shit Which should have been done in the first place That's why it was brought in Fair enough uh,
0: Eskimo PAFC has asked uh, What do you think is the importance of this game And the likelihood of it being a season defining win
1: Yes, it was. It
0: could be. It would have thrown us back
1: in the pack. We would have been top, but uh, equal. Potentially behind the bummers. So, uh, you know, it's it's kept us ahead of the pack, but also showing that we've got stronger mental fortitude this year than last mm-hmm. year. So, um, I think it is a very season-defining game.
0: Yep. And G Bear has asked who should play on bets.
1: I don't care, and we're not. It's not Thursday.
0: It's not Thursday. We'll find out on Thursday who we think should play on. Yeah, games. I need and two last, days to think about that question. Last question from Sid: What would you name Kane Farrell's and yours babies? Hmm. I reckon Carol Carol Farrell would be good.
1: I was thinking of uh, Undertaker.
0: Undertaker Farrell, interesting, interesting yeah.
1: take. Well, on the spin of Kane and the Undertaker brothers. Mm.
0: Fair enough. Kane Fair Jr. Enough. Kane, Kane Jr. Jr. I like it. Well, that's it for this evening, mate.
1: Well done. Our half an hour only went we got for fifty-four there. minutes.
0: We did well. <laughs> we got there in the end. That's it. We did. Big, Good win. Big week. Good win. Looking forward to Thursday night and uh, yes. another win this week.
1: And we didn't even talk about COVID madness or the home game in round eight. So We can discuss
0: that on Thursday, I reckon.
1: Well, COVID's just uh, getting out of control again, Macca.
0: Not here, so
1: that's good. But I just, a quick rant, like I want to go as much as anybody, but what the hell is going, why are these fuckers trying to come in from Victoria, sneak in, and, like, what is wrong with people? Like, if you've been asked to isolate for two weeks for the good of the community, what is the paranoia of people trying to dodge this two-week recluse and instead just compromise the whole health system of a functioning state? I just don't understand the moronic nature of some of these people. I mean... It's Australia,
0: mate. It's Australia. What is fucking wrong with them? Australians (laughs) don't like being told what to do. And if you tell us not to do something, we're going to do it.
1: (laughs) I saw on the news tonight that four dicks tried to bloody smuggle in off the train or something and got busted at Regency Park. But, you know, I mean, it just shows that this thing just goes out of control exponentially so quickly. And I just feel like there's morons out there that are intentionally try to bring it back. It's just like, it doesn't make sense to me. The the one that I liked
0: was, uh, I think it was last Thursday or Friday, where in Melbourne at 1.30am, a a couple of people went in and ordered 20 KFC meals, which uh, there were some ambos there at the time who flagged it with police, who then trailed their car back and found 18 people hiding out the back, and they ended up getting twenty eight thousand dollars worth of fines for breaking <laughs> breaking COVID rules. Like, well, how stupid can you be? How stupid can you be? Just stay at home for two weeks. What's the problem why, with that? Why wouldn't they just order Uber Eats? Yeah, <laughs> all that too. Well, maybe maybe that would have flagged it anyway. I don't know.
1: They could have they could have just done it in intervals or something. Yeah, but I just, I just think the stupidity of people. But I mean. Fortunately for us, at this point in time, at least we're going to get a home game, and hopefully a lot of uh, poor fans can get along and support the team. That's it. All
0: right, mate. Until next time. Come Adios.
1: To